part of me, like way in the back of my head, thinks that the, that the blogger and the hotel work together to manufacture this. Probably not. Probably not. But I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think it's the hotel. I, I think the hotel maybe gets a lot of these requests or they got this these a request like this and they're they're like hey you know what might work as a good idea it would definitely you know get some publicity even locally they didn't know it would blow up like oh that. and now that you said that the blogger was probably actually checking the facebook page waiting for a reply and then they she made the video which is probably why it blew up yeah more than hashtags come on come on yeah more than hashtags no we won't forget uh-huh. what's working what's trendy and what's next yeah. with adam lidecker and vincent orlek every week a new episode from news on the net uh, repping arizona i know just what you came for for stories people might miss and fly under the radar yeah more than hashtags it's news and we're on it make sure that you subscribe and follow if you want it yeah more than hashtags Hey, I'm Adam Lidecker. And I'm Vincent Orlek, and welcome to More Than Hashtags. Adam, what's up? Hey, man. Welcome to the show. We, uh... Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are good. Uh, are you we still got a couple... party mode from last night? From oh, the, big, the big night out? You want to talk about that for a second? So I will say we have some big news for Phoenix, I would say, as a community. Um, so yeah, I took a, took a role at Coplex, which my short short is we're a startup that builds successful startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but essentially we work with uh, non-coding uh, industry experts to build successful startup companies. Right. But in any case, we been, we, we were in Galvanize, which is a co-working space. And then we moved into a new, larger, bigger location in Galvanize and have like our official headquarters now so we had our grand opening last night and it was pretty fantastic yeah you were you were there you were there a lot of our friends our friends were there and some family Um, and about 300 300 other people yeah yeah and it was it was great it was a great night you know the um, potential next mayor of phoenix gave some uh some remarks and ribbon ribbon in a ribbon cutting ribbon cutting uh, but uh, i i was encouraged like specifically i was encouraged because i felt like anyone who whoever could make it out of who rsvp but those who were there and those who couldn't make it i know um were vet are vested are vested in success of phoenix the love of phoenix community um building that startup scene um so it, the room was infectious, just bubbly and so energized. And everyone was like mingling genuinely and it's exciting. Uh, we also took an investment. We brought on, uh, we had a little bit of a merger. A little run. bit of a merger. <laughs> <laughs> just a little, a small one. Small merger. Yeah, so, so now Coplex and Arizona, AZ Crown Ventures, uh, which are the... The Crown Venture Capital, the brothers. Yeah, yeah. It's it, Tim Tim Crown and and his brother like founded this company called Insight here in in the Valley decades ago. Th- yeah, thirty years ago. And, yeah, and and uh, I know for a fact that Tim Crown is worth like four billion dollars. So it's a it's a nice merger. 
the uh, he got up and spoke after Zach. I thought it was fantastic. He's like, hey, we we invested heavily in three companies here in the valley over the years. How can we invest in thirty? How sixty? Ninety? Mm-hmm. And how they can do that is they, you know, partnering with Coplex because we're basically de-risking startups. We right. get them to revenue. We get them to yeah. We're just building great companies and and not necessarily a stereotypical like. 18 year old coder, no offense, but like seasoned professionals who, you know, actually read Hoffman, LinkedIn. How old was he when he launched LinkedIn? Like 45 or seven? He was? Oh, look it up, man. So he's like 70 now? Well, that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> uh, when did it, well, when did it launch, launch? I don't know. It's got to be so 10 years at least. Oh, okay. So he's 57, 60. Is he that old? I guess. Well, I'm looking it up while you, while you, but the other thing that, well, was, cool. uh, that that came up is the, the average age of the average age of the successful exit of a startup in, in like whether it's San Francisco or whatever, Silicon Valley is 47. So successful. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people get money. And I think that kind of like spins the whole like uh, Silicon Valley stereotype, the show on its head. And again, I think you hear about like the Zuckerbergs who drop out of college because they are the exception. Because <laughs> not only like startups, but like businesses in general fail. Like large like, percentage. Yeah, I mean they're the exception, but in the world of the of like these apps, they're not necessarily the exception because well, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, um, LinkedIn is different. I don't put that in there, but um, okay, uh, Amazon, Instagram. But Amazon, young people, uh, yeah, that's di- totally different. I'm talking about like there's this app world where these guys like dropped out of college and started, created something, and now they're multi millionaires or billionaires. But in any case, that's <laughs> that's startup talk for for this week. <laughs> but yeah, congrats sorry, to you guys. I, yeah, at, sorry, at, I was looking up Reed, Reed Hoffman's. Uh, anyways. Um, it's exciting because I, I think like it breaks the mold, but also it proves anybody who has a fantastic idea that we validate that people want to pay for can do a startup and, you know, I'll say change the world. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's, there's an investment involved on the, the founders part for sure. Oh yeah. In our program. Yeah. But you know, on the flip side, yeah, but sure. On the flip side, you know, I was at a startup that, you raise a lot of money and spend a lot of money and made no revenue uh, before here. So um, right. I, yeah, anyways, enough about that, but I will say like, it was fantastic for the community. I saw so many people come, came, came together and it really wasn't necessarily like, yeah, it was our grand opening, but it wasn't necessarily about just Coplex or we would just, just had friends and family there. <laughs> right. I mean, with so many people in the room, it was fantastic. So, yeah, so for this, um, we kind of want to, like, we got some feedback from some listeners, and again, we're still always tweaking, encouraging you to have a podcast and tweak and learn and test. So we've been trying to stick to this shorter format. Bulk of people listen about 30 minutes or less. Um, so we do want to give more of a deep dive, practical, but also, if it's applicable, mention some things in social that are coming down the pipeline. I know, Vincent, you you found something that, um, it's not out yet, but it's 
I guess everyone's building this camera first into their app. So I want to share a little bit about some Twitter news to look out for. Yeah, there, there was reported multiple places uh, this week that Twitter is working on a new tool that will make it easier for users to post videos. Um, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that it will be Twitter stories, but it certainly potentially sounds like that could be, you know, what it will be um, termed maybe, but, but even if it's by users, not, not Twitter, but it's basically they're going to take away some of the steps that exist right now that you need to go through to get to the video function on, on a tweet. Um, so do you, do you think yeah to get back to an acquisition they did periscope which is kind of always a little bit of a backseat mm-hmm. it displays nice but do you think that periscope will just be you know merged into this to be like a facebook live or facebook whatever it's going to be called live video well i mean they already have that it's i feel like it's more of i do i mean they haven't said this and and this is all like like twitter didn't even come out and announce this this was it was it was leaked somehow. Who knows if it was on purpose or not? If they if if Twitter leaked it on purpose to kind of gauge what the response would be. Um, but I don't. I feel like it would be more like stories. I don't. I don't think it would be. It's. I don't necessarily think it's live. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I think it's. Um. I mean, certainly it could it could function with live as well as recorded, but. I, from the from the description, it's more like, hey, we're gonna make the camera easier to use. So even, not even just video, but also just the f- camera function. Right now, to get to the camera for a tweet, sure, you have to <laughs> you have to click you know the button to go and I want to make a tweet, and then you have to click on another button to get to it, um, and then there's after you record it, there's another something sure, else. Sure, sure. So. So that's that's the initial rumor, but I mean, I I don't see, I don't I don't see why they wouldn't all of a sudden come out with Twitter stories. Like, why not? Yeah, you know, I was thinking more like in the feed itself, but again, that's almost identical to Facebook. Well, you it's already there. You know, what I mean, like like the live box. video and video already shows up in the in the feed. Well, and I know like we've we've dabbled with this in the past where you can leave a video reply as a tweet. Yep. And as far as impact, you get noticed. There's engagement on that, at least for the person you're specifically leaving a video for. Right. Well, cause people so, don't do it. People still don't do it. Like it's been a couple of years and people yeah. still don't. At first, some people were doing it. And then here and there, you'll see like, you'll see some people do it. But in general, you still don't see people utilizing that um, as, as a function of a tweet they, they're still writing it's still a it's still a, a hmm. micro vlog and not a micro vlog yeah well i mean i there's yet again you know video first um when i went to uh blitz metrics training the other day uh real heavy focus on video obviously oh yeah so De- dennis and logan are they know what they're doing um if you don't know, check out Blitzmetric and just uh, 
yeah, I, I think that they they talked a lot about just yeah, everyone knows video, 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 but they really bring it home. It's like people are investing are in you, so make it doesn't have to be polished, doesn't have to be, you know, just just record a video on your iPhone. So this makes a ton of sense. Just going native, but yet more accessible. So, are you ready for the Vincent Twitter show? <laughs> uh, no, that won't. No, <laughs> that's that won't be happening. I, I I'm I'm good with I'm good with how it is now. Like it's not gonna unless it's unless it's this massive change. Yeah, I don't know. It's not gonna change how I use it. I don't think. What do you think? Um, I think that the people that I've noticed using it like news. Yes. We'll continue to do that though. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be more accessible to that type of people. Like I'll, I'll see a lot of people, you know, at the Supreme court reporting or at a March reporting, um, and using video very effectively. And then they end up in Twitter moments. So maybe for that type of storyteller or news reporter, um, I just don't, I mean, if, if it's, if all it is, is what their, what this leak says it is, which is, eliminating two steps in the process like it's not that doesn't sound like it's going to change much other than it's quicker to get you know like i that's what i'm saying i i mean i hear you but two steps is a lot yeah but i I don't know that it's going to change anything like it's it's still something you have to like unless they're totally going to change it to be like snapchat where camera centric Mm. meaning you open twitter and it opens to a camera I mean, they're all becoming they, the same. The same. I can't app. see them doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But but yeah. So that's that's uh, what's that's a hot hot new story, a leak that came out uh, actually this morning or yesterday. You're on the pulse, my friend. <laughs> uh, the other topic that we want to spend the bulk of our time talking about, um, and I'll preface this: we're going to actually raise it a little bit higher, not name names. Uh, there's a influencer a uh, fashion and travel blogger vlogger anyway well you know and that's funny because you don't you didn't know either of these people before this hubba blue (laughs) and uh there's a a hotel uh, overseas so essentially uh the blogger wanted to have a a pre valentine's day getaway reached out sent letters apparently to a couple hotels and said, hey, we have a great opportunity for you. We can feature you if you just give us these free nights. Her and her boyfriend or husband, right? Something, yeah. Yeah. And and obviously Well, well the, wait, because it was for it was for the two of them and it wasn't just for one night. It oh was yeah. Like five or something. Right. Or three to five nights, which is okay, so now that's that's an ask. <laughs> and they and they um said you know, we did this for some other people in the past. Like, it was like Disney Orlando or something, um, sure. which is which is funny. And it, tremendous results in sales. And I've never I've never heard of it. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously the hotel replied. Now they didn't reply and share names. They just said, "Listen." They put it on their Facebook page or whatever. They put the person on blast. Oh yeah, they they screenshotted the email and and, and I on their Facebook page. <laughs> And they're like, you know, we have to pay, we have to pay our employees. We have to, um, so I, so I want to like, just lay that out there. Cause like, obviously what influencers, the term influencer has kind of like lost its meaning. Like 
Vincent has says. lost its influence. I mean, it's like other words like hustle or I don't know. You can name dozens of words that, uh-huh. unfortunately, now there's skepticism that comes with it. Because when everyone and their brother claims they're an influencer or they list that's what they do for a living because this person that's what they did for do for a living is be an influencer. So I want, so that's what I want to lay it out there. Cause I know a lot of people, I mean, Vincent, you yourself, you could do micro social media campaigns working with influencers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. But the definition is widely different across the spectrum mm-hmm. and you and, and you and I typically like to, to gravitate toward people who may not call themselves influencers, but they have influence. So they have like a couple hundred to a thousand followers that are like voraciously engaging with them naturally. And they might even have a full-time job. (laughs) It's not what they're doing is not what they're doing, but they have influence in that sphere in that, in that space. Right. So I think one of the ways I want to take this conversation is, is just relating it to, um, people who review things professionally versus where we are today. Um, you know, obviously this blogger was going to quote unquote review or take photos, do a video or do some photos on Instagram in exchange for like nights and nights of free lodging. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's not, it, it's not, uh, I, I mean, it's common now, but right. it's, there's, there's a way to do it from the message that she sent I, I mean i i get i get why the hotel owner was annoyed and and apparently i didn't know this but apparently the the person that owns the hotel is has done similar things to this before um where he's kind of put the per, a person on blast oh, for okay. either a review or or this type of a thing um because you know in reality now he's marketing his hotel like he's and then there was another step after that because this story was like all over my feed everywhere mostly facebook but everywhere and because all the people we're connected to a lot of them are in social media and marketing do influencer marketing some capacity and and it was everywhere and i kept seeing like this other this follow-up that uh the the hotel owner banned banned bloggers from his hotel and so All bloggers, yep. Yeah, bloggers. Like or meeting influencers, vloggers or bloggers, whatever. And and he you know, he got publicity for that. And look, there's a lot of people potentially he knows he really maybe knows who his audience is and knows that maybe it's an older audience that doesn't appreciate like influencer marketing, doesn't get influenced by influence typical millennial version, Gen Z version of of influencer marketing. And that will will go to his place now just because of this story, because they're they're with him in the way that they, yeah. you know. So and some people don't get it. Like he's like, he worked his way all the way up. Probably at some point worked in other jobs and then bought this this hotel, this hotel cafe, whatever, and, and worked very very hard to get it where he needs to go. And then he doesn't understand like someone who's a professional. Well, I mean, a couple of years ago, if you called yourself a professional YouTuber and you can make a lot of money with advertising, um, doing a show, being a personality, people didn't get that. <laughs> so now it's like just laying, you know, I'm going to go travel the world and get all this luxurious stuff for free and take a couple snaps 
when we all know like the presentation is not reality. Um, and, and some places want that. Like, honestly, if it was like an Orlando uh, resort, they have a marketing team and they probably have an influencer budget. So, right. Right. And, that, and that can fly. Help. You can, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> there's ways to do it too. Like, I mean, look, she, she has definitely done it before. She did it with multiple places this time. Like, like you said, so, I mean, it's, it's not that, it's not that what she did necessarily was wrong because this is going on. Like it happens and everybody's, it's not that they're wrong. It's, there's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, some places appreciate it and kind of are like, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. You know, in, in the, in the overall context of influencer marketing, her ask was not ridiculous. It really, it, it, whether you like it or not, not you, Adam, but generally you, whether you, right. whether you like this, this tactic or not, it goes on all the time. Now, you know, if, if you're an influencer of any kind of stature, you generally are working with like an agency already. Yeah, or people who have like have relationships. Of, an, an influencer budget or something. It's, it's hilarious to even say that. A marketing budget. Yeah. Yeah. They like, oh, man, this person's really aligned with us. They're they're a great personality. We would love to work with them, and they reach out to you. Um, I will say probably where it went off the rails was like when when they made when she made a re, a reply video. Um, it was mm-hmm. just so offended, and so they just left it <laughs> just left it alone because they didn't identify her. She self identified herself. <laughs> now, when you told me like this is the story we both agreed to talk about tonight. I went and did like, I was like, all right, what's their Yelp score? Are they three now? Which they are actually three. But we get their five stars, 10,000 five stars on their Facebook page. So obviously they got attacked on Yelp. They got like defended on Facebook. One thing that kind of stands out to me, the hotel is um, ridiculously good at social media. Like I'm looking at their website. It's been fully updated. They're selling t-shirts. I survived Bloggergate, and all I got that was a lousy T-shirt. Oh, I, let me just add to this that I don't think in any way, shape, or form that the guy that owns the hotel or the hotel itself does not know what it's doing. I I think they they know perfectly well exactly what they're doing with this. I mean, they're in Ireland, and they did a they did yeah. a fake news a fake news uh, like with a podium, like a newscast, and yeah. So part of me, like way in the back of my head thinks that the, that the blogger and the hotel work together to manufacture this. Probably not. Probably not. But I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think it's but, the hotel. I, I think the hotel maybe gets a lot of these requests or they got this, these re- requests like this and they're, they're like, hey, you know what might work as a good idea? It would definitely you know, get some publicity even locally. They didn't know it would blow up. Like oh, that. and now that you said that, the blogger was probably actually checking the Facebook page waiting for a reply and then they she made the video which is probably why it blew up um yeah that was definitely part of it because she she does have subscribers and some influence and has people that yeah yeah so like i definitely i want to get your yeah so let's tie this into because you you have some ways that you want to tie this into like a a practical application for right and then i want to get like you're you're actively working with clients you, you probably will have work with influencers in spaces so i want to get your take i look at it like i want to like 
compare it to a few existing things and try to understand if there, if there needs to be rules, <laughs> influencer rules, a better way, or at least uh, help understand, like if you're a business, there's practical. Who do you work with? If someone comes to you and says, I have 20,000, I have 200,000, you know, Instagram or Twitter followers. Oh, really? But you know, Vincent, you're going to do an audit check for engagement because you can buy fake Twitter followers, mm -hmm. Instagram followers. So here's, here's where I'm coming from. So my mind started spinning like 10 years ago. My wife and I had a food blog here in the Valley. We love food. We love the whole concept. We hated wasting money, wasting money. And we didn't want our friends to waste money. So we wanted to go out, find the great stuff in the Valley here in Phoenix and tell people about it. When was Plus this? We, uh, so 10 years ago, when we first moved out here. Can't believe it was 10, nine years ago. Yeah. I don't, cause I don't want that fact to be lost on all of our listeners. Right. That's what I'm trying to understand myself yeah. because this is my, this is my assumption of how this stuff worked that long ago. So, okay. So when I first started out food blogging, I just, well, I'll lay down the rules. Like we found great places we loved. We ate there three times, three different times of the day. Mm -hmm. over, over a course of time before we wrote about the place. We paid for all the meals. I didn't even assume to ask. I thought that would be rude. And, and then the, out, the outcome of that is like we would write a blog post with great photos. We, would, we got mentioned in the Phoenix New Times. That wasn't the, the hope of that. We became great friends with chef owners. Still never got a free meal, ever. Even after being, you know, 10 years later, I'm good friends with these guys. I pay them because they make the food for me and that's their livelihood. Mm -hmm. But I had a, such a joy about just, I got joy out of my friends trusting me that I could deliver this great new finds. The only, then, nine, ten years ago, the only examples I had were like movie reviews, like professional movie reviewers or food reviewers, like even right. like to the, right now, like yeah. Phoenix New Times or whatever. Um, they get paid by the newspaper, the publication, the magazine, the website, whatever, to go and review movies, to go and review food. So their budget comes from, they get paid their salary, and then they have a budget to go eat food. They don't get free food. They don't I mean, get free well, movies. Well, they get, they get free food in the sense of they get reimbursed by the – by the company. But yeah, they're the company's paying for it, yeah. not the restaurant. Right. Um, so that that's my assumption. All these people are influencers. They have influence over someone else. Mm -hmm. Um and, I, and don't forget the restaurant doesn't doesn't necessarily know who is like good a point. reviewer or a or someone that's a critic. I mean they they might it depends on like if the critic or the reviewer is someone that's well, no, like I know the Republic, azcentral.com has, I, I don't follow it enough. I remember when I worked there, man, there was a guy, Howard, Howard something that was the food critic. The only reason I know is because I was in ad sales and I had all the small mom and pops and there was more than one restaurant that would not buy ads oh, okay. with gotcha. the newspaper because they got crushed on um, restaurant reviews. And and honestly, yeah, when you got cr get crushed on restaurant reviews, that's the thing I'm skeptical because skeptical, even today, like, I would see a couple people who review restaurants here in the Valley, and I'm like, 
are they like spending more money on ads because they got a great review and I know that restaurant is not that good. So I was like skeptical, but when it's fair across the board and they got their game, they're like, come on back. we got a new menu. We changed some things. That's the whole point is to make it better. Um, but then there's some people that are, have been doing movies for decades and decades and you trust them. Like there's like rotten tomato and like, was it Ebert? Is this guy's name? Well, That's it. it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like it's when, brand, yeah, it's a brand now. Yeah. But like when one person's critique mattered as much as an entire website's critique of 10,000, it's, it's yeah. something. So that, that's, that's, that's my basis right there. Um, and then my other basis is, you know, and again, I'll, I'll date this. So four years ago when I had a couple successful Kickstarters launched it, um, minimalist goods and primarily, um, showcased it through Instagram. Apparently this was before you paid big money to have your product taking photos of on Instagram. 10,000 hashtags on some of my products, one product, never paid anyone, never paid anyone. I did at times would give uh, like, I think I've given less than 10 away. And that was on my own. I was like, hey, I love your photos. I love what you're doing. You know, if, you, if you'd like, you know, I, I didn't actually even say give me photos back. Say, I'd love to send you an opener. You guys are doing great things with your beer photos. Um, and it wasn't until like last year people would say, oh, I have this many followers, this many followers. You know, if you send me an opener plus $200, I'll do, I can't do that. I, most people can't do that. Most small companies that you're selling on your website or, you know, Amazon or Etsy, you can't do that. Um, and typically you don't get a lot of return out of that. Um, to be honest, I got return in sales from the guy who had 30 to 70 followers and put a craft beer photo up with my bottle opener because his friends was like, Oh, that's cool. They trusted him. He had influence over his direct circle, but he wasn't a professional. So anyways, I, I talked too much on my side. No, um, no, not at all. I'm just, I'm that's my perspective. That's like as a business on a business owner providing right. goods or selling goods to, you know, other people on Instagram. And I just want to like build the community because then I'm, I'm, I'm actively, this is a good point sharing the best photos, resharing the best photos on Instagram and giving them credit, my community credit. I'm actually not looking the other way around. It happens. Cool. But I want to make stars of my community and call and, and have them shine. Cause that guy, like there's one guy, he does every photo with like little, uh, little, every craft beer photo, but with a little Lego and it's all themed and this stuff is fantastic. Um, so I, I'd share that stuff all the time. Uh, but so that's what my, that's uh, like my takeaway because you're seeing these big stories they are making the news. If you are a brand and yeah, you want to work with somebody, you want to give them your product or, or whatever it is. Um, look for authentic. Don't look for like the huge, huge numbers. And if you do look at the numbers, look at the one retweet or one like, or click on the likes. If you see 30 likes or 300 likes, click on them. Do they look like fake accounts? They look kind of weird. Click into those accounts. Are they uh, look spammy? Because I'm telling you, the, the draw to be an influencer is real. The draw to get those numbers up is real. 
and you can buy like 10,000 fake followers for 50 bucks, which does nothing for you, maybe in the short term. Well, it, um, makes, it's, it makes your vanity metrics in terms of the number of followers look, look like you have a following. <laughs> that's what it does. Yeah. And that's, that's the person that, that, person that um, you know, messaged you saying, send me an opener plus $200. Yeah, that's the person that's, that's buying followers. Because now they're trying to get a direct return on the money they spent on buying the followers. Yeah, and I vetted them. And not a lot of small business owners may not know how to vet them. So, like, I'll type in, like, Twitter fake users. And you can put the person's Twitter account in and see, you know, how many are real, how many are fake. Now, I'm not going to – who knows? I mean, there's a lot of fake, like, Russian bots out there that just attach themselves to people. So, I'm not going to judge them. I'm just going to look for the quality of the account. And I may ask some questions. I may go back and I may polite, often politely decline. If they say, oh, we're going to start reviewing products on YouTube, well, that's cool. But that's not really what I want to do. I actually want to get my hands, my, my product in the hands of people who are going to really enjoy it and share craft beer with friends and help make community. So it's my whole ethos. Um, but, you know, I know another one, my friend Jeff, who has a restaurant in Tempe, he, he gets tremendous social media. People love to take uh, food photos and share them. And he has some artwork on the walls and they tag it and all that. He has never paid anyone to come into that restaurant. It's like the antithesis of what he does. And food, I don't know what hotel margins are, but food margins, restaurant margins are like razor thin. So he cares about paying his, his, work, his team, <laughs> you know. But I'm sure people, I'm sure people have, um, I should ask him. That'd be interesting. I, I'm sure people have asked him to like, you know, I'll come in and do a photo shoot, you know, hard to say. And I don't want to knock all of it. Some people are legit, but so I'm, I'm really curious, like on your side, on the agency side, helping, helping companies. Have there been people that have come your way? You've turned them away. What do you do? How do you vet people? And how do you turn your skepticism radar on and, and what advice would you have? <laughs> yeah, we, we don't, I mean, we're, we're small, we're small. And, and I should preface this by saying that um, because we haven't, we haven't done a show since then, but. Um, oh yeah. Our, hey, wait a second. You got, do, do, do. Vincent has some news. <laughs> <laughs> so, so me and my business partner, Kelly Lube Singh, who founded Brandish social media marketing. Um, and I came in as partner later on. Um, we were acquired by another agency, a branding agency here in the Valley called Attic Salt. Um, and the founder, Ronnie Swice, um, uh, you know, there was a mutual agreement and he, they, they wanted to be able to offer social media as a service. They do fantastic brand identity and design. Um, it's and he's whole, a good guy. I, li- I like Ryan. Yeah, awesome guy. Awesome guy. Um, and and it's I'm sticking around. Um, Kelly has has her own thing that's she'll be doing that she'll be talking about soon. I don't want to steal anyone's thunder because I already know what it is, but it's I'm not gonna say it. So, um, but she's all good. And uh, I mean, both my my point was gonna be the only reason I was bringing that up is because it's both in both cases very small companies, very small agencies, like 
two, three person, five person places. Um, we don't, well, I mean, we haven't gotten approached by, by influencers directly per se. Um, I've, but I imagine like it's going to be coming up. Brands are going to be asking. Yeah, these, I'm honest, like, I mean, we've, no, we, and we've done campaigns. We've done influencer campaign. I mean, you know, um, we, we've managed uh, a few and I've been part, I've been on both sides. I've been on the influencer side as well for, for different things for like cost communications or corner bakery and uh, Arizona car show, like, like really small, low level, but micro influencer things. Um, Cause I was going to say play devil's advocate for yeah. a little bit. We've seen some people who are self-proclaimed influencers Mm-hmm. You know, take to Twitter, uh, tweet an auto manufacturer, and kind of beg to be in. They see someone else doing a road trip, getting a car sponsored, and that is at the purview of that car. Well, they see. I mean, yeah, the the one I that that we always kind of look at, like what what the heck are they doing? Like, it was this one car company that the 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 campaign hashtag and all was all over Twitter and Instagram like that weekend, and. We saw we saw somebody like tweeting at them saying, "How can I be a part of this as an influencer?" It's like th- this this didn't just happen yesterday. Like they didn't just organize this yesterday. This was set up way before this. And there's tremendous cost and everything. Yeah, they yeah. paid they paid people or they they in some way they were compensated, um, not with cars, like not with cars to keep, but they definitely were able to. The campaign involved driving the cars around so some people were like taking a trip driving the car driving the car around town like that was what it was they wanted them to to go and, and they're not that. giving these cars out so you can go to colorado out of the goodness of your heart no i mean no. legitimately if you're if someone approaches you or you have you come you as a business owner come up with a campaign i'll tell you what you guys you need to have uh, either the the end goals the roi the reach whatever it is tangibles yeah um and not be like, oh yeah, we got so and so, hundred thousand. But then like have, I mean, and it, this is a big thing. Like Dennis uh, was saying, the first thing you do is set up those those tracking metrics. Dennis was if you, with metrics, yeah. Yeah, he, he's like, I think a lot of people forget about that. Like, whether it's a, a Bitly link that you can track the clicks, whatever it is. I don't really care too much if it's like a couple photos or a video, uh, which is fine. End of the day, if you if you're a company and you lay, outlay any amount of money and it, it res, returns nothing, uh, right? Doesn't mean you don't do it again. You're just more. You may not do it with a person who tweets you halfway through your campaign. There's a, there's there's definitely deliverables that are. I mean, there's there's a whole plan that that goes into it. Um, there's there's all kinds of platforms now too that are that are popping up as a result of influencer marketing that there's one in particular that I, I actually, I want to, I want to get it. I want to use it because as the, as the company or as the brand, you have to find these people. And Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, as much as we could sit here and say, Oh, you know, go check an influencer, see if they're look at their followers, look who they are. Are they fake? Maybe if somebody else can vet them, another platform can vet them. There's a lot of platforms. They're not all good. They're not all worth it. Um, there's one, this, I'm not paid by them. This is not anything like that, <laughs> but I'm just, I, I saw a demo of it 
and I'm tool not, of the week to check I'm not out. An influencer for them, <laughs> but it's it's uh it's this platform called Grin, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because out of I've I've been through a lot of demos of these of these platforms, and this one like it had everything in it. It had like anything you would need in mm-hmm. it. It the messaging to the influencers the emails, the, the, the ability to control it all in this one place. Um, the key, the key is vetting them. That's, that's the whole yeah. key. Just like you, you alluded to Adam. It's like, that's why in, in times previously, a lot of times we've, we've done things with people we know. Right. Because they, I mean, they obviously, it was because they fit, they fit the profile of, of who the audience that the brand was trying to reach, they have that audience in their audience. It matches, but you know them and you know, like I, I, I know that these people are not buying followers. I know that they're, I see their engagement on a daily basis. So it's already, you know what, since you just said that, I like the idea of a vetted platform, but also for another reason, because now there's rules. Influencers have to denote that hashtag ad they have to Which isn't even if, really enough anymore. yeah see if they're getting paid or in kind and and that's the other thing i was thinking about like the, the influencer lifestyle if you're getting um you know i don't know eight hundred dollars worth of free lodging do you have to like claim that on your taxes well, that's common. that's you're getting paid for that even if they're not giving you money aside from the hotel or the plane ticket or whatever that's compensation so you have to indicate that and as a result facebook and of course, Instagram, because that's Facebook. They both created functions within the platform of Facebook and Instagram that now automatically indicate when something is a branded, a piece of branded content. So if you put up a post on Instagram that is an influencer-based post, you're supposed to select the option that indicates that not just in like a hashtag or something, but in the it links the it to it links it to the brand. Yep, correctly. it links yeah. it to the brand. So and Facebook has has this thing called Handshake um, that people are supposed to use. I'd never see anyone using it. I right. <laughs> you know now could that be because most influencers are using Instagram primarily and then and then YouTube or Twitter? Yeah, I mean, and, and I, these- I don't know that a lot of influencers are really using Facebook. In all honesty, like if you had to rank the the channels, Instagram is one, right. or YouTube one one of those is is one, and one A, and then Twitter just because it's it's easy to put out tweets with hashtags and 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 trend jack and all that. But Facebook is Facebook is it's not an influencer. I wouldn't say it's influencer heavy as far as activity. I mean, it happens. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like, like Instagram, it's all over Instagram. It's all over Instagram. It's right. all over YouTube. People are doing... Uh, well, actually, I will say one thing about Facebook. Um, and I do get emails from this often, and I have been getting emails from this since like 2008. Any page with... There are some people with pages with over a million followers, which apparently people don't know the engagement's like 1% or 2%. <laughs> but they'll pay uh, a thousand, they'll charge a thousand a post. So if you want your content on there, you know, it's a thousand bucks. I mean, obviously no. you don't do it at one, more than once. Cause there's no, not a lot of engagement or click throughs right. and all that kind of stuff. But 
uh, not necessarily influencer, but probably like paid per paid. Uh, sure. Oh yeah. No, it, the, look, it's, it's there, but it's just when you compare it to Instagram and YouTube, it's yeah. like those two are far and away what, I, I mean, YouTube, how many, and well, Instagram too, how many, how many stories do you hear about these people that, I don't know. They have 8 million followers on YouTube subscribers and they're, they're making a million dollars. Of course. You know? Well, and then, yeah. If they're like a travel and a lifestyle, you know, influencer or whatever, heck any makeup, all of it. I hate keep using that word, but yeah, in one Mm. photo, they could, they could have like a shot at the resort and they could be wearing a dress and they could be drinking a drink and they're getting paid for all of that. Um, So it is like, yeah, you got to educate yourself. It's kind of like the wild, wild west of this. And I, I still would be highly skeptical. I would, and, and if people call themselves that, like, mm-hmm. I think I'm oh. pretty influential among my friends because I curate and I, I recommend stuff to you and you buy it. But I'm very careful about what I recommend because if, but I'm not doing it. For, there's no tracking. There's no uh, referral numbers on the links I send you. Uh, that'd be cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, would you say that we are, we've, we probably hit peak influencer marketing as we've known it to this point. And it, like, I only see it going downhill from here. Where we're at. Well, I think I'm, it had to change regulation or, or, or there'd have to be a, yeah. Or there had to be a platform that vets, inserts the regulation and takes care of all that for you. And either you as the business pay to be access that uh, like a, you know, like a list or the influencer pays to be on that. Um, so somewhere a handshake, I'll say, I'll agree with you only because there's enough of these brands that did the campaign. They tried it. They put all the effort, time and money into it and they got burned at the end of the day, that CMO, that marketing director, did not return the return on investment. And they're not going to do that. They're not going to do the influencer house next year at South by Southwest. They're not going to do, you know what they're going to do? Like brands that are useful and helpful win. So hopefully they'll flip the script. A couple years ago at South by Southwest, Ford was driving around with their new cars. They had something novel that you could tweet them. They just come pick you up. Other brands did it with the pedicabs. Um, and you know what? That story tells, and people took photos of that, and people remember that. And those people had an, a, a smaller influencer uh, circle of influence. So I just think but, if you're a well, brand, that's that's and at that event though, especially because now you're talking about yeah, they have a small circle of influence, whatever their immediate circle of influence is, but they're also at this event that has a hashtag that puts puts that post into the general populace of people sure. following that hashtag and and for that for those couple of days they have a bigger audience yeah and i just think brands need to be smarter like nothing fill in the gap nothing is a magic bullet nothing no so you have to have a comprehensive planning you need to try cool try cool things and then if it doesn't work move on um but no you know one influencer will it actually could break you, but make it break right. you. Well, and, and I actually meant it more in the sense of uh, people having careers as influencers. No, pe- no, the the public, the 
like the general public, I think now is for the most part savvy enough. They know sure once when, when someone's just doing something for an influencer, like a sales a sales yeah. thing. Um, because I can tell you right now, a lot of a lot of these influencers are also not marketing or advertising pros. Um, they're not it doesn't come across as authentic. It comes across as a pitch. It comes across mm-hmm. as anyone else is trying to sell something. And you it's, mean it's they don't, they don't look like us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a way you could do it, you know, where it could maybe work, but even, even in that sense, I'm just saying in general, like the, when I'm talking about it being, having already hit its peak, I, I think that people are very wary of whatever they see any sort of product yeah. or hear about any type of service in in anything that they see on social media sure yeah. I, I, I either think it's yeah. like multi-level marketing and they're just trying yeah. to sign I mean, up well, for some party that's a whole another beast um unto itself and there's a way to do that that could be a lot better for a lot of people so, but again, it's people that aren't used to they're not in the business of or have the expertise of like how to put how to how to put a message out that is not sales 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 and is more is more influential yeah i'll end my example i'll end my segment with with this show you can put your point on it with a good example of what i like and i use this a lot subscribe to this newsletter called the hustle they kind of like rewrite news with their own like tone and spin and i love it it's great get the newsletter and they're making money they sell advertising they put on events they make money they're profitable and they employ people. When you get it, I'm not being fooled. It says, this newsletter, this edition is brought to you by company link. Boom. They get paid for that. Halfway down, clearly identify an ad. But the rest of the content is so good. And I want to let read every single one of those. I, I, it's cool. And I have clicked on some, some of them. And I think I bought from one once. But, you know, it's a... It's just a little different approach. And again, it's up to that company and who knows if it return or not. It's just a percentage of odds. Um, and in influencer marketing, it can call it that now, but it's, it's been around forever. Uh, the old school, you know, cigarette ads with, with baseball players. Oh, true. You know, <laughs> like Ted Williams, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, or celebrities that did um, commercials on their TV shows or radio shows. I mean, they were, they were straight commercials, but they were on there because those people, the celebrities had influence. It's just yeah. we're at, a, at a, a much bigger scale at this point where a regular person can amass this, oh, this number interesting. behind them that it's, it's more prolific and and it's just again the vetting, the vetting is where it all comes down to. It's, Do you know what I think bothers? You know what I think bothers me a little bit or irks me a little bit is like the amount of money for the minimal amount of work. Mm-hmm. And I think that irks a lot of people. Even that like the hotel, it was like you're gonna snap two photos on Instagram, right? You know, get get fifth, you know, fifteen hundred likes and maybe one stay, uh, because you know. Because I, I did a campaign for a company a long time ago, um, yeah, you know, eight years ago, and with someone who was an influential in their topical area. But you know what we did? 
we did a 10 series video blog. They had to put work in. We wrote scripts, we filmed, um, they weren't making bank, but they made a nice like check for their time, you know? And then we actually got like legit evergreen content we could push out through our, our own channels. But I mean, essentially, yeah, I was working with an influencer in, in a topical space. But it's a lot of effort, time, time and work. So it's different than just somebody coming in, you know, making, on, making bank and doing one snap. I don't know. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I saw what I did see on my, on my Facebook is people were saying, are you team, team blogger or team hotel? <laughs> and it, they, they boil it down just to that the simplicity yeah. of that I think the, the like I said the hotel knows exactly what they're doing I didn't read the whole thing about how if if and how they did it before like this but yep. apparently there is some sort of history of them taking advantage of some situation like this negative publicity to make it a, a good spin for them in terms of making money so they're not new to this. I think the the vlogger was probably not in on anything. Um, just was doing what she normally does. And as so many of them do. Because, look, it's they're salespeople. At, at this point, the influencers are, are sales reps. It's like when I was selling ads. I... You cold call. Mm, that's smart. Yeah, that's a good. You cold call. What I mean, at a, you call on the phone. You walk into places like, like, hey, you want to get to know people, but it's a cold call, and that's. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're doing a lead gen, and she sent out this email to multiple places to see what she could get back. So, so what are we I doing? Don't know. You want to go somewhere? It's <laughs> just a number of odds. Just send some emails out, my friend. Yeah, we'll just send out hundreds of emails <laughs> to people. Yeah. To, uh, to locations and, and airlines and yeah. <laughs> hey everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, join us again next week when we'll have some more startup talk and, and catch us on Twitter. Hashtag podcast Twitter. chat. Yep. Podcast chat. We, we, uh, it's every Thursday at 9 PM Eastern time, 6 PM Pacific. And if you're in Arizona, it's 7 p.m. That's my nod. <laughs> See you next week. Later. <laughs> <laughs>